that really in the Bible? You live in a world where everyone has an opinion about the Bible. Of what values are your beliefs if they are not clearly found in the pages of your Bible? The question we must ask is, are your opinions and beliefs really found in the Bible? Well, hello, I'm David Freeman with Is That Really in the Bible? Question, could you be deceived? Could you be deceived? You know, most of us live in what I call an echo chamber. If you've ever been in a canyon and you say, hello, 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 it's just the sound of your own voice coming back to you. But most of us live our lives in an echo chamber. We surround ourselves and I'm talking about, I'm not just talking about in religion, but socially, we surround our people, ourselves with people that think just like we do. We're in an echo chamber. So everything around us is actually our own voice just coming back to us, our likes, our wants, our thoughts, the way we see things. It's just being repeated back to us. We surround ourselves with the people that think like we do. And this is especially true in the area of religion especially true in the area of religion. I mean, we get upset and leave if the minister says something that we don't, that we, there it is, that we don't agree with. We don't like being challenged. We don't like being corrected. And so we're in an echo chamber of only hearing things that we want to hear. Revelation 12 and verse 9 says this, And the dragon and the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. Now, you might say, well, I don't believe in a devil or anything like that. A literal devil, I don't believe. But can you believe in this, that there is a spirit of deception out there that permeates our society? You know, this past election revealed that reality. The media, their true colors were revealed to you. They're lying to you constantly. The liberal media is lying to you. Unless, unless you like being lied to, I can't think of any other reason you would watch the liberal media unless you like being lied to. Unless you're a buffoon and you just like being lied to. Now, could you be deceived? Do you ever, let me ask you a question, do you ever second guess yourself? Do you ever evaluate yourself on a regular daily basis, things that you do, things that you say? Is your life under evaluation? Proverbs 12 and verse 15 says this, The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but he that hearkens unto counsel is wise. Notice that. The person who hearkens unto counsel is wise. In other words, you've got to get out of your echo chamber. Your intellect has to be challenged in order for there to be real wisdom. And that's one of the things about this program, is that really in the Bible? I deliberately try to challenge your intellect, your viewpoint, your fact that you've been born into a ready-made world of religion, and much of it is incorrect of what you've been taught. So I'm deliberately trying to challenge the way you view religion and many of the lies that you've been told. Now, we don't like this, okay? We don't like it when someone comes along and challenges our intellect. We would rather stay in our comfort zone. 
we would rather stay in our echo chamber. We would just rather surround ourselves with our little group, our little church, where we all think the same thing. No one is challenging anything around here, I can guarantee you that. Basically, what you're hearing from the pulpit is a bunch of pablum, a feel-good message that makes you feel good about yourself. It's a pep rally, okay? Now, the book of Revelation reveals that there are two churches, one false, one true. Both, get this, both go under the name Christ or Christian. Now, which church are you in? Let's take a look at the true church, Revelation 12 and verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. This is the true church. The true church is small in numbers. No, you don't walk down the street and go to one of these churches. You drive for hours to meet with, to meet with like-minded people. The church is small in numbers. It has been persecuted down through history. It is obedient to God's law, fourth commandment included. Uh, and it is hated by Satan. Now let's take a look at the false church. Revelation 17 and verse 5. And upon her head, forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth. This church is a mystery. It has a mystery religion. That absolutely does not line up with the Bible. It is a mystery of iniquity, lawlessness. It has a lawless theology. It carries the title Holy Mother. That ought to ring a bell. The truth is she is the mother of harlots that came out of her, referring to the Protestant Reformation, that supposedly came out of her but adopted many of her pagan customs and traditions. <clears throat> okay, two churches. False church, true church. Which church do you belong to? Question, could you be deceived? Now, Jesus, get the, Jesus spoke of two churches. One false, one true. True. Both go under the name of Christ or Christian. Now, in Paul's letter in Galatians, he, he refers to that there were many people turning to a new counterfeit gospel. Now this was 2,000 years ago this was occurring and they were turning to a counterfeit gospel. Let's take a look at it. Galatians 1 and verse 6. I marvel that you are so soon are being moved away from him who called you into the grace of Christ to another gospel, which is not another, but some are troubling you and desiring to pervert the gospel of Christ. Now notice this, another, another gospel desiring to pervert the gospel of Christ. Now a lot of people would say, oh I know what the perversion of the gospel is, it's salvation by works. Well okay, but I mean really consider this, how many buyers would you have if people started preaching, you know, you can get right by salvation by works. I mean how many people actually believe that? I mean, we've heard about grace for 2,000 years, and it seems like most people with a couple of brain cells in their head understand that there is no way you can get right with God by works. So how many buyers would you have if you taught salvation by works? My point is, it's the opposite of what you think it is. Most people would say this perversion of the gospel, gospel is salvation by works. I'm telling you, it is not. That's not it. 
the Bible actually reveals what it is. 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 7. For the mystery of iniquity, that's lawlessness, does already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Referring to a particular man of sin or whatever, but that's another story. Okay, it's a perversion of the gospel. It's another gospel. It's a mystery of lawlessness. It's not salvation by works. It's a no-law theology, this mystery of iniquity. The perversion of the gospel is a no-law theology, a religion of iniquity, lawlessness, a religion rejecting the law of God. It's a religion that says you're unconditionally loved. It doesn't matter how you live your life. It doesn't matter whether you repent of your sins or not. You are unconditionally loved. That's all that matters. Recently, I went to a funeral. The person was a homosexual and a practicing homosexual. And I went to the church, the Baptist church, because to pay my you know, condolence, but also I wanted to know how he, what, what he was going to preach. I mean, what do you preach when the person is a member of your church and uh, a practicing homosexual? I mean, what do you, well, and lo and behold, slip right through the pearly gates, you know, heaven bound. Recently, George Michael died, uh, a homosexual, and I was looking at pictures of him, uh, YouTube videos, listening to some of his music, and uh, often he would wear a, a, a cross around his neck, and he had earrings with a cross. The symbol, the Christian symbol, that Jesus Christ died for my sins. Now, what am I saying? I'm saying the false church does not teach Repentance. That's what I'm saying. False, I fought, the false church does not teach repentance. Now I'm asking the question, could you be deceived? There are two churches. Jesus spoke about two churches. And there are three dynamics about this false church. 1 Corinthians 11 and verse 3. But I fear lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. Now, there is a simplicity about the gospel. Christ died for my sin. What is sin? Sin is the breaking of God's law, the Ten Commandments. If I truly want a relationship with God, I must try to stop doing the thing that the Bible calls sin. The very thing that caused Christ to die for me. How easy is it? I mean, this is very, there is a simplicity of the gospel. Christ died for my sin. Sin is the breaking of God's law. Fourth included. Okay. Now, 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 4. Let's notice the, the dynamics of the false church. For if he that cometh preaching another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which we have not received, or another gospel, which we have not accepted, you might well bear with him. Okay, there are three dynamics about this false church. Number one, another Jesus. Two, another spirit. Three, another gospel. Now, how can you identify each? Well, I'm going to tell you how. All right, first one, another Jesus. All right, let's identify this one. Matthew 19 and verse 16. And behold, one came, into, it came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why do you call me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. But if you will enter into life, keep the commandments. 
And he said unto them, well, which? Jesus said, you shall not do no murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness. Is there any doubt as to what Jesus is referring to here? Is there any question about, oh, I wonder if he's talking about the Ten Commandments. Or not. I, I doubt it. Uh, is there any doubt? Okay. What, he starts clicking off the Ten Commandments. All right. Now, here's my point. Any church that teaches Jesus abolished the law, nailed it to his cross, that Jesus negated any of the Ten Commandments, the fourth included, especially the fourth, is a count, they're preaching a counterfeit Jesus. Get out. Revelation 18 verse 4 says, Come out of her, my people. Come out of her, my people. Get out as quickly as possible. It's a counterfeit Jesus. All right, two, another spirit. The spirit is a spirit of rebellion, not obedience, okay? Now, how could a rebellious spirit be in the churches that dot the landscape? How could we have a theology that dismisses the law of God? Now, the truth of the matter is, we do have a theology that dismisses the law of God. And it's very subtle. It's very clever. And often you hear it, law's been abolished, been nailed to the cross, you know, grace plus nothing, nothing you must do, just believe, just accept, just invite Jesus into your heart, okay? When you, when you, when you hear that, you are under the influence of the spirit of rebellion. You need to be, now this should not surprise us. It should not surprise us. We go back in time, a couple thousand years ago, Jude 1 and verse 3 says, Beloved, when I gave diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. I'm telling you, what you're hearing today is not the faith that was once delivered unto the saints. You're hearing a perverted gospel today. Jude 1 and verse 4 says, And there are certain men crept in, unaware, who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men, turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. The word, okay, turning, taking the grace of God and turning it into lasciviousness. What does that mean? It means a license to disobey. It's grace plus nothing, void of repentance. You are unconditionally loved. It doesn't matter how you live your life. It doesn't matter whether you repent or not. Sin doesn't matter. It's all about God's grace. A license to sin. The more we sin, hey, the more God can forgive us. The counterfeit churches of today do not teach repentance. It's not a part of their theology. Okay, it's a spirit of rebellion. It's what you're under. Now, if you want to prove me right, give you a little test. Just ask your minister about the fourth commandment. If you want to know, okay, could my church be under the spirit of rebellion? Just go to your minister and say something like this. Say, you know, I'm thinking about, I'm going to stop going to church on Sunday and I'm going to start keeping this seventh day Sabbath, which is Saturday, and see what happens. The man will be transformed before your eyes. He will go around the mulberry bush. He will, your head will be spinning like a top by the time he gets through justifying why the fourth commandment is not important. You'll hear it all. 
You'll hear all those cliches about the law has been abolished, been nailed to the cross, has been dismissed. We're not under, you know, we're not under the old covenant. We're under the new covenant. And we're under grace. And for some reason, grace dismisses one commandment, the fourth commandment. It doesn't dismiss all the other nine commandments, but because we're under grace, it dismisses the, one, the fourth commandment. doesn't make a bit of sense. I didn't say any of this stuff would make sense. That's not my point. My point is it doesn't make sense. But if you want to prove me right, just, and, and test the spirit of rebellion that is in your church. Ask, just tell your minister, you're going to start keeping the fourth commandment and see what happens. See what happens. Now, there are three dynamics about this false church. Another Jesus, another spirit, another gospel. Now, the gospel is a gospel of convenience. It's whatever is convenient. It's a gospel also of self-centeredness. Yeah, self-centeredness. Everybody's looking good. Everybody's looking spiritual. You know, we got whatever, people speaking in tongues and gibberish that no one can understand. We feel good about ourselves. You know, it's a gospel of self-centeredness. 2 Peter 2 and verse 1. But there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. Destruction is the gospel of convenient, whatever's convenient, a gospel of self-centeredness. You know, I don't get paid to do what I do with this program. I don't get paid to preach. I've never made a dime off this program. All we've done is spent money, our church, the Church of God Rocky Mount. I have a full-time job. Uh, Paul was a tent maker. Yeah, Paul was a tent maker. And I, I'm beginning to see that the test of a real preacher may be in spite of working full time, in spite of not getting paid, he still feels he has to get a message to the public. That may be the real test of a real preacher, come to think of it. Now, how do you identify a false minister? And how do you know that I'm not one? Well, false ministers tell you only what you want to hear. I never tell people what they want to hear. I make it a point to tell people what they don't want to hear. I try to upset people. I try to, I don't want people to like me. I want you to love the message or reject the message. I want you to come to that pivotal point in your life whether you either accept it or reject it so that you know when you stand before your Savior, you can know you either accepted it or rejected it. You got to come, you, you can't sit on the fence. That's what I'm saying. Jesus spoke of two churches, one false, one true. Both claim the name Christ. Both go under the name Christian. Matthew 7 verse 21, not everyone that says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name and in your name cast out devils and in your name done many wonderful works? And listen, it's not that these people were not doing good, wonderful works. You know, the prophesied right there means inspired preaching. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can hear. There's a lot of preachers that are, that are much better at getting a message across than I am. I mean, I realize that. But I'm just saying they can build you up. They can lift you up. They can inspire you. And this church, you know, Jesus is saying, look, we've done many wonderful things. We've built soup kitchens. We've built hospitals. We've fed the poor.
We've cast out devils. We maybe healed sick people. I don't know. And then Jesus will profess unto them. Again, he doesn't deny their good works. But then Jesus professed unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. And the word iniquity, it just means a lawlessness. It's a no-law way of teaching. It's a license to disobey. It's grace, 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 and more grace. And you never hear why you need grace. Because you're a dirty, rotten, filthy sinner that has broken God's law. And we need to repent and make a decision. You know, Jesus said on the night that he's betrayed, he said, not my will, but your will be done. Speaking to the Father. We have to come, you have to come to a point, we have to come to a point where we realize our problem is a clash of wills. I got my will, God has his. My will is, is counter of God's will. And we have to come to a point where we say, God, not my will. My will is sick, perverted, twisted, evil, wrong. It's been that way all my life. Not my will, but I want your will to be done in my life. I want to do what you say is right and holy, and I want to keep your commandments. Not my will, God, but your will be done. We got to get through and we got to identify that the problem is a clash of wills. That's what's going on in our personal life. It is a clash of wills. We don't want to do what God tells us to do. Matthew 7 and verse 24. You know, I mentioned that Jesus spoke of two churches. And here's the explanation of the two churches. All right, this is the true church here. Matthew 7 and verse 24. Therefore, whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him into a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. There's your true church. It's a church that does what God tells them to do. Like, if you love me, keep my commandments. Okay? He that says, I know him, and keeps not his commandments is a liar. All right? All right, the false church. Let's look at the false church. Matthew 7 and verse 26. And everyone that hears these sayings of mine and does them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand, and the rains descended, and the floods came, and the wind blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Is your religion, your church, built on the sand? Are you doing what God tells you to do? Are you keeping his commandments or not? You have to make this decision. You have to get through. You have to understand this clash of wills that is going on in your life. And you have to come to a point where you say, not my will, but your will be done. So there are two churches, false church and the true church. Both carry the name of Christ. Both carry the name Christian. Which one do you belong to? Which church do you belong to? How long are you going to keep hearing the cute little cliches that you hear in church? How long are you going to sit there with your ears being tickled 
and walk out and shake the preacher's hand and, thought, and think to yourself, yeah, that, I feel pretty good today and that was another good pep rally and I, I feel good about myself and I'm in the echo chambers and I'm just hearing what I want to hear. Surround myself with people that all think like I think and believe the same dead theology. Nothing you must do. Just believe, just accept, just give, give your heart to the Lord. No, God wants you to repent. He wants you to repent of your sins and sin is the breaking of God's law. And you have to come to that point where you say, God, not my will, but your will be done. Again, which church do you belong to? There's a false church, there's a true church. And I've just given you a message from the true church of God. I'm David Freeman, and that's what's really in your Bible. Many people spend their whole life repeating the same old mistakes. What does it take to have good discernment and good judgment? It takes having the Spirit of God. But what many people overlook is, the Spirit of God is not something that you are born with. Man was created incomplete, missing that spiritual element that would make him complete. The Bible clearly lays out the way to receive the Spirit of God. Learn the step-by-step -step process for receiving the Spirit of God. Order your free copy of Why You Need the Holy Spirit. Order by writing to Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. That's Church of God Rocky Mount, 27 Brookledge Lane, Rocky Mount, Virginia, 24151. Also, visit us on the web at isthatreallyinthebible.org.